All of the newest episodes of Note to Self are now available on the Luminary Podcast app. It's free to download, and you can also listen to other podcasts from WNYC Studios like Radiolab, Two Dope Queens, Snap Judgment, Here's the Thing with Alec Baldwin, and others. Luminary Premium is the only place where you can enjoy the entire new season of Note to Self, plus new original podcasts you won't find anywhere else from Trevor Noah, Roxanne Gay, Guy Raz, Lena Dunham, and many more. And you can enjoy them ad-free. Start your free trial by going to luminary.link slash note to self or download the Luminary app for free. Listener supported. WNYC Studios. Yo, New York, who's your daddy? It's New Tech City from WNYC. And yes, you can laugh at me. I'm your host, Manoush Samarodi. And we have been trying to figure out who should be thanked for this city's burgeoning tech scene. As Mayor Michael Bloomberg's time in office wraps up, a reckoning has been going on in the media here. Is it kind of icky that the man in charge wielded his wealth as a political weapon? How ethically questionable was it that he strong-armed the city council into giving him a third term? We're not going to get into any of that today because there is a segment of the population here who isn't questioning the mayor or his motives. My name is at Mike Bloomberg, and on behalf of all New Yorkers, it's a pleasure to welcome Twitter to New York City. Uh, Well, good morning. Uh, We're at the headquarters of BuzzFeed, one of the world's most popular viral news sites. Go to an opening for a tech company here, and chances are Mayor Bloomberg will be there with the scissors cutting the proverbial ribbon. And if anybody doesn't know what a viral news site is, afterwards see me and I'll be happy to explain it. (laughs) The relationship between the city's techies and Mike Bloomberg can pretty much be summed up in one word, love fest. And when they think of the tech scene in New York without the mayor, well, many techies feel a little hole in their hearts. This is how Jake Schwartz, CEO of the startup General Assembly, puts it. It's a scary thing to think that that, you know, you had a tech entrepreneur in the mayor's office for for 12 years and all of a sudden we won't. The mayor likes to take credit for transforming New York into the nation's number two city for tech companies. And the founders of these companies are happy to let him. New York has the most tech jobs of any city in the nation. They've grown here by some 30% since 2005. Our strategy makes our city the world's digital capital is a big reason why. But if you think turning tech into an economic engine is all because of Bloomberg, well, not quite. One of the key reasons the tech scene blossomed here is because one really smart guy just didn't want to live in Mountain View, Google's chief engineer, Craig Neville Manning. And they said... Okay, let's do an experiment. You know, as as we say a lot at Google, um, let's let's have you go out there, and uh, if you can find more than fifteen really great software engineers that we wouldn't have hired otherwise, you can stay. In two thousand three, Neville Manning had to beg Google founders Larry Page and Sergey Brin to let him move back to New York and set up the company's first engineering outpost outside of Silicon Valley. Page and Brin indulged their top engineer's desire to return to the land of decent bagels because they didn't want to lose him or other talented engineers who just couldn't bear to live in California. At that time, memories of the dot-com bubble and bust of the late 90s lingered. Ten years ago, New York was a little bit in the dumps about technology. People really did view it not as a negative thing, but as something that we'd sort of tried in New York City and didn't really pan out. And for the first half of Bloomberg's time in office, that was pretty much the status quo. When computer engineers moved to New York, it was usually because they loved the city, like Neville Manning, or because they'd been offered a job working for big bucks at a financial firm. I wasn't one of those guys. Mike Caprio fell into the first category. 
Now he's an engineer at a big tech company and organizes civic hackathons on the side. But when he moved here from Cape Cod in 2007, finding work wasn't easy. I was just a software engineer. I wasn't, you know, a statistician or a big financial guy. I didn't know anything about high-volume, rapid transaction processing. I mean, that was always the first thing they asked me on an interview. And so you weren't moving here because it, you were like, oh, New York's turning into a tech center. i got to be part of the action. That wasn't why you came here. Definitely, definitely not. No, I, I came here mainly because I, I love New York. A year after Mike arrived, Wall Street crashed. Instead of hiring, companies like Bear Stearns and Lehman Brothers went bust. I can tell you the reckoning is coming for our city. We are going to have a smaller workforce and fewer services. That's when the Bloomberg administration took lemons and made lemonade, says the Center for Urban Futures, Jonathan Bowles. Lehman Brothers was really seminal in getting the Bloomberg administration to really embrace tech and to embrace an entrepreneurial economy. The administration began to shift its economic strategy. It had no choice. I think that at that point it became fundamentally clear that we couldn't rely on Wall Street to get us back. Some of the highly skilled but now unemployed programmers and business people became entrepreneurs themselves. One big opportunity, the 2007 release of the iPhone. The lucrative application market that came out of it was dubbed the app economy. For others, a lower-paying job at one of the city's mid-sized tech companies like ZocDoc, Etsy, or Gilt was better than no job at all. Log in, look around, and discover why Gilt has become my favorite place to shop. And as these companies grew, investors saw potential. New York was the only major tech region in the U.S. to see an increase in venture capital deals between 2007 and 2011. The Bloomberg administration did its own investing, too, putting over $3.5 million into tech incubators. But perhaps most significantly, it held a competition to create a new engineering university. And today, after nearly two months of reviewing the proposals and interviewing the applicants, we are very uh, excited to announce a winner. The winner of the $100 million prize was ultimately Cornell. But smaller grants also boosted programs at the City University of New York, NYU, and Columbia. And according to the city, right now around 1,000 startups are looking to hire for over 3,000 jobs. Finally, the most recent major tech milestone happened just a few months ago. Local startup Tumblr was bought by Yahoo for over a billion dollars. Well, the big deal of the day, Yahoo CEO Marissa Meyer making a billion-dollar bet on blogging site Tumblr. John Ford but for the tech sector to keep growing, everyone agrees the next mayor needs to solve one enormous problem, connectivity. Developer Mike Caprio. We need municipal broadband. Um, I have lived in Williamsburg in Brooklyn for now for six years. I have not been able to get Verizon Fios. I use a MiFi. It's really sad. And I also use my phone because my phone gets ten times better bandwidth than Time Warner Cable. <laughs> it's terrible. It's really it's almost like we're a backwater when it comes to, to high-speed bandwidth. Google doesn't have that problem. Its massive office sits on top of an underground fiber highway. And after having a look at the ping-pong tables and massage chairs in the Google rec area, I asked Chief Engineer Craig Neville Manning if the mayor ever visits. He did actually drop by for our 10th anniversary and cut a cake for us, which was fantastic. Summing up Bloomberg's legacy, 
Neville Manning says New York's tech growth was slow and steady until the last several years, when the mayor gave the sector the PR push it needed. A lot of the the blossoming of technology had already happened, but nobody had really packaged it up and said, look, here it is and laid it out. Kind of like wrapping up a gift in beautiful paper and presenting it to the world? I think just explaining what had been happening in New York City uh, was a big part of making that turning point. And I think now it's self-reinforcing. I think all of the pieces are in place, uh, and so it's growing at a much faster pace than it had been before. In other words, the techies were glad the mayor dropped by their party. He made it an event, and he also brought a lovely bottle of first-growth Bordeaux. Etsy is an example of a New York-based company gone big, and I asked its CEO, Chad Dickerson, if there was a moment that he kind of thought to himself, huh, yeah, New York is a tech center. A few years ago, I realized suddenly that every night of the week there was a hackathon or there was a developer meetup or there was you know something at General Assembly. And that was something when I was out in, in San Francisco and in the Valley, every night there was some major technology event. And over the past few years, that's happened in New York, too. Every night, a hackathon. You know, a get-together where software developers work in teams for a few intense hours or days to bash out an app or service that does something cool and maybe wins them some money. We all just had sort of like another fun weekend springing together. Both sort of like many minds and many hearts in a really positive and interesting way. That's Lisa Mayone, a graphic designer and hacker. Okay, they're fun, Lisa. But what actually happens with the apps or services that get made? Has the era of the hackathon just created a new way of churning out ideas? Or has it gotten the people to really contribute and change the way their city runs? We did an unofficial poll of over 40 hackers, and here is some of what they told us. Most of the jobs that I've gotten have either been the result of hackathons or people that I've met at hackathons. You know, I've I've met a lot of people in the industry, a lot of different people that just have really good ideas. Ramzi Abdosh is hacker-in-residence at a venture capital firm. He's attended so many hackathons that he's lost count. And what he said was the number one reason we got as to why people go to hackathons, to make connections. But the number two reason was to solve a problem and change the world. One hacker, Jamie, 59 years old in Manhattan, told us that campaign reform, health care, and climate policy could all use a hack, but that hackathons are really more about getting media exposure and informing the public about issues. Ingrid, 26 and from Brooklyn, told us that she came up with a data visualization idea at a journalism hackathon, only to discover weeks later that the sponsor had taken her idea and started to develop it further without her knowledge. Many respondents told us they won a hackathon, but nothing ever happened to their idea. And that's been one complaint about the city's big apps competition. Lots of cash prizes, but little actual change. And yet, Many in the tech community are kind of okay with that, like William Hockey, a data engineer. It's kind of a good metric maybe to where you are, because a lot of times people build in such black boxes, they never kind of get to see what other people build or how their product actually does. So it's a really good kind of perspective gauge that I don't think you could get otherwise if you're just kind of like in your room or in your dorm room. So for people who usually work alone with just their keyboard for company, hackathons are a way of keeping the creative juices flowing with like-minded people who also see the world in ones and zeros. And with their growth, hackathons have started to attract those who aren't coders or tech heads, people who are just plain curious, like Jonathan Serrano, an interactive art director at an advertising agency. He joined the city's Reinvent Payphones hackathon. I just took it as a chance to kind of let go and uh, 
potentially meet some really smart, enthusiastic people, right? I mean, it was on a weekend in the middle of July. So who would go to that on a hot summer day when they could be at the beach? You know, it's people who are like, this is like their calling almost. You know what I mean? This is what they do. So I, I definitely went there more out of curiosity. If you've got thoughts about hackathons, send them to us on Twitter at New Tech City or post them on my Facebook page. Earlier, we got to hear from Google's head engineer about how he twisted his boss's arms to get himself back to New York a decade ago. And looking back, Craig Neville Manning really was one of the key people who kicked off New York's tech scene. But there was no way of predicting that in 2003. It just didn't occur to people that it would be a place to do high technology. You know, New York is very well known uh, for the financial sector. It's very well known for media, obviously for fashion. There are many things that are incredible about New York City, and tech has never been one of them. Uh, But that's really changed now. He insisted on setting up shop here not just because he loves it, but because of recruiting. Yeah, it's expensive and crowded, but New York is a great place to live, and some great engineers considered themselves die-hard New Yorkers. Mountain View, California? Meh. That happened a few times, and so I was able to use that as ammunition to go and talk to Larry and Sergey and Eric and say, gosh, we're missing out on these great engineers. I bet if we open an office, we'd be able to hire a bunch of really smart people. New York is Google's second largest engineering office now. But Google wasn't exactly welcomed with open arms here. Of course not. We're New Yorkers. You have to prove yourself. We really only got started getting attention when we leased 350,000 square feet of space in Chelsea. So It, it took real estate for it to took get New real Yorkers' estate. attention. Exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. That's what New Yorkers really care about is real estate. So, And then we ended up actually buying this entire building, and that got even more attention. Uh, that was, I think, the signal to New York that we were actually serious. Uh, although there was speculation at the time that we were building an enormous data center in Manhattan, which, by the way, wouldn't make any sense at all. And earlier in the show, you heard how the financial crash and the iPhone played into forming a tech ecosystem and helped Google staff up further. But Neville Manning says something else happened, an engineering philosophy. A big paycheck wasn't enough anymore. What we found is that when we made an offer to somebody who was at a big financial firm, um, we often couldn't match the, the package that the financial firms were offering. But what they were excited about was the coming to work at a, a company like Google where Google is about tech. You know, we're, we're focused on technology to the extent that if that person comes and has a great idea, but there are some technical discussions to be had, they can have that discussion with Larry or Sergey and Eric, and, and they'll match them, you know, uh, uh, technical discussion for technical discussion. One reason tech talent turned away from Wall Street, at least some of the talent there, was to follow the Google motto, don't be evil. And make stuff people can actually understand, please. They could go home and explain what they were doing to their spouse or, or even to their mother or grandmother. I think people are increasingly wanting to work in, in the tech sector where they're having this, this impact that's not just on businesses anymore. It's on people's personal lives. In some ways, Google's real estate buy and its big hires made it safe for other tech companies to set up shop here, too. I think we demonstrated that we could hire hundreds and now 1,500 uh, really top quality software engineers of the same caliber that you'd find in in Silicon Valley. And so I think that's a little bit of proof of concept for you can start a tech company in New York City and not be at any disadvantage to places like Silicon Valley. Craig Neville Manning, Google's chief engineer based in New York. So this was a full-on New York tech fest. 
And if you've been watching the rise of New York City tech over the last decade, let us know if you've got a different theory or a different angle on its growth. Or if you've had enough of all that and want to talk about something else entirely, that's fine too. We're at NewTechCity.org and on Twitter at NewTechCity. I'm Anoush Samarodi. Thanks so much for listening.